The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It's Tuesday, February 15th. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And Chris, we hit 1 million views right before the Super Bowl. <laughs> Yeah, man, you shared that out, and uh, that was that was pretty exciting, pretty yeah. unexpected, and uh, I was pretty proud. I was uh, I was pretty proud as well. Now, obviously, we've been working on it for quite some time, uh, but the fact that we hit one million lifetime views on our YouTube channel, uh, pretty big deal, you know. Now, obviously, for anybody that paid attention to the tweet, we had almost half of those views just since August, since we have kind of figured out what YouTube is, how to utilize it, etc. Uh, so we have, you know, we, we've kind of come on strong here lately. We'll continue to grow. Uh, the, that does not include the podcast numbers, of course, because the podcast has been around longer than the video segment of it. But it doesn't include Twitter numbers. It doesn't include the people that watch on Twitch and everything else. So, you know, keep watching wherever you are comfortable watching. But the YouTube stuff is nice. Very nice. We were pretty proud of that. I, I thought you might be as well. So, yeah, we're just rocking and rolling, doing our thing, getting ready for... Uh, you know, no football games for quite some time. So, is the USFL starting this year or is it next year? Do you know? I have no idea. I'm <laughs> I don't assuming even know that next. I'm going to pay attention. I'm, a, I'm assuming next. And uh, I think, because I, I think I heard this right, I think we got seven months without football. That would make sense. That would make sense. So, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. So, we'll, we'll have spring football. We'll talk the entire uh, offseason about football. But no games. No games for quite some time, and while it's always a little sad, you know, it is what it is, let's uh, let's go ahead and dive into it. I'll get to the rundown after we hit on a couple of topics here, but uh, Super Bowl 56, the Rams win 23-20 to over the Cincinnati Bengals, and Chris, this was, I mean, we, we fully expected this to be a tight game. I think I said on the show on Friday that this felt like a field goal game. 
All of the Bengals games have been field goal games. The Rams have played sloppy. And, oh, by the way, another deflected interception for the Bengals in the second half there. <laughs> so, which got them in position to go up by a full touchdown. Uh, this was interesting. I, I cannot believe that the Rams were able to win a Super Bowl not being able to run the football, and yet they continuously tried to do it. And I understand the philosophy behind it. you got to make them respect the run, etc. But they were running Cam Akers into a brick wall over and over and over again. They did it against the 49ers. They did it against the Bucks. Like They've done this time and time again, and they were able to get nothing going on the ground, and yet they just continued to do it. It, it, it blew my mind. Uh, what were your takes from Super Bowl 56? Uh, good game. Went very much like I thought it was going to go. I mean, not not a whole lot surprised me in this game. Um, you know, I thought it'd be a tight game. I thought it'd be a low scoring game. Um, and uh, you know, I hated to see Odell go out, but uh, you know that it is what it is. I don't. You know, a lot of people are making a monster deal of that, thinking that completely changed the game. That's the only reason the Bengals got back in it. You know, that's just not. You, that that tells me you you didn't watch a single playoff game with the Bengals. Like they always start off slow in the first half compared to the second half. That's that's every playoff game they played in, um, and 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 they make adjustments at halftime better than their opponents do. And 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 this is just how they've kind of began to play football. Uh, so yeah, no, it was a, you know, it was it was a game. I did not I did not enjoy or appreciate. Here's the thing. I thought the officiating was very, very good for most of the game. Like, they let them play, all right? Yes. They didn't get involved. They weren't going to be the outcome. Like, there was a um, – Jalen Ramsey, the play in the end zone for the – after after DeVar Chase's big catch in yes. the first half, okay? He um, – they get stopped there. There is a pass right over the middle and uh, to, to Higgins. And Ramsey breaks it up. In that, you clearly see Ramsey pulling the shirt of Higgins. And I said to the people that I watched the game with, I'm okay with that not call as long as it stays that the rest of the game. I don't want the referees to pick the winner. That's all I want in this game. I want a good, clean game. And if somebody wins, they win. If somebody loses, they lose. And they stayed out of the game for the entire game. Until, now, now the, the missed call, you could say, oh, what, you can't just not just say it. Like, the missed call in the Higgins play uh, for the touchdown. Like, But everybody wants to say, oh, well, you take that touchdown off the board. Hey, here's the problem. You can't just take the touchdown off the board. That's not fourth down. Like, like that doesn't, like, they still have the ball. They still have other, you know, other things that they get to do before the game is over. Um, and that's early in the third quarter. Yes. When they Early, got involved. It was the first play. Yeah, it was the first play of the third quarter. That's exactly right. When they decided to get involved was when they started calling ticky-tack fouls with almost no time left to go in the Rams in the red zone. That tells me they're picking the winner. They are determining the outcome of that game. Now, that was been third down, so that tells me the Rams would have had one more play to get a touchdown or not. And if they get the touchdown, they probably win. If they don't get the touchdown, they definitely lose. Okay? Instead, you call a foul. Then you call another foul, which the second foul was bullshit. 
Here's it was the just problem penalty with that. after penalty after penalty. I mean, it, the whole but, thing. But hang that, on now. The, the one where they threw both. Yeah, no, The one ahead. where they threw both flags. The one where they threw both flags on um, uh, uh, the hit on uh, first the holding for the, for the Rams and then the hit on uh, Coop, uh, Cooper Cup. That's a bullshit foul. He didn't leave with his helmet. He hit him hard. He said, oh, we hit him in the head. Cooper Cup was seven feet in the air falling down he's aiming at a at a part in his midsection and by the time he hits him cup had fallen to where he hits his chest and his chin okay well that can't you can't call that in the super bowl giving them yet another opportunity to get out of trouble yes yes i agree so that's my only flaw and i hate it was just it was just a, a disgusting ending to it and i know that joe had an opportunity to win it and that's fine that doesn't absolve. They shouldn't have to. They should have had to make one more stop. You make a team, you give a team nine opportunities in the red zone. I'll shut up after this. You give a team nine opportunities in the red zone, and they're an NFL team. They could be one of the worst. You give the Jaguars nine opportunities in the red zone. Guess what? They're going to score on one of them. Okay? Yes. That, you're 100% right. Uh, looking at the play-by-play here, uh, they did not call a penalty on that entire drive until they got to – uh, da, 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 let's see. Until it, there was one minute and 44 seconds left in the game. Right? They waited all the way up until the end of it. And so the penalty was called defensive holding on third and goal from the eight. But that play should have never happened. If you go back and look, because I saw it and I said, how was that not a false start? Like, what What yep. am I missing? Because yep. I, I thought maybe my eyes were playing tricks on me. And, and when they started calling all these fouls and all this kind of mess, I I rewound it. With the guys and that I was watching, all of with. the fouls went one way. It's not that they just started calling all the fouls. All the fouls, like this, and you would think I'm the biggest Cincinnati homer in the world. Like I'm not. I worship Joe, and I yeah. want to see Joe get his ring. But at the end of the day, right is right, and wrong is wrong. Yes, when, I agree. You're calling penalty the entire game, and then you call seven in 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 a minute and a half, all for the same team, and most of them all, not most of them, all pretty damn ticky tack. It it. it it raises it raises the 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 level of question. Yes, you picked yes, the winner. Right. By the way, they, you dictated the winner, not the men on the field. I don't know. I'm not saying that Cooper Cup couldn't have got open on that fourth down play, and they don't score the touchdown. I don't. I don't know that that doesn't happen. I know what does happen because of that. About nine to twelve seconds more goes off the clock. You know, so so that changes where when Cincinnati gets the ball back if they give up the touchdown on that fourth down drive. You know, it's about twenty second difference. So yeah, all these things matter, and they all went weird. the Rams' way. Right. It's, the whole thing was strange. Uh, let's let's not forget. Of course, uh, the Bengals have the ball. I was a little confused about this. Third and one on the like almost at midfield. Third yep. down and one, and you hand the ball off to Samaje P. Ryan. P. Ryan. Oh my God. And and I can't so, figure out what happened there because Samaje P. Ryan had two carries in the entire ball game. Like, why would yeah. you not run Joe Mixon? Like, did I miss an injury? No, no, no. Mixon played fine, and Mixon, Mixon was in the game, and, and, and you know, all the way up to the very end. No, you didn't miss an injury. Listen, their play calling in certain spots of the game was atrocious. Joe made one bad throw the whole game. That's it. That's the list. And for them to have so few points with that, it's just play calling. The fourth down play call early in the game, where they lost it, the first drive, uh, the, yep. their first drive, the second drive of the game, um, was was a was an absolute pitiful play call. 
you cannot on fourth and one, fourth and two, you cannot call just a shotgun pass. You just can't. <laughs> you have to have a run option or you have to run the football there. Okay? You, you have to have more options than me standing in this pocket with the worst offensive line in the league. And, and if I make – if I complete this pass, we, we get it. If I don't, we, we don't. And, and they did that not once but twice in crucial situations, one to end the game, by the way. The play call you're bringing up, the third down, why on earth you're not throwing it there and then you save the run play for the, for the third down call? I don't know. I, I, thought, I thought Zach Taylor's play call was pretty bad. I, I know he just took a team to the Super Bowl. I understand all that. Who was it a couple of years ago that took a team to a Super Bowl and still got fired? Um, they didn't win a Super Bowl. Somebody got fired after taking a team to Super Bowl because the ownership realized this ain't the guy. Like this ain't the guy. Uh, I don't remember. Maybe uh, it wasn't after one year. Maybe it was after two. I don't. It might remember have been like the next was. year. Yeah. Oh no, it wasn't. It was. It was Mike Malarkey making the playoffs with the Titans, and everyone said, "Well, we you make the playoffs uh, yeah, now. Yeah, like, they, he's going to get." That's right. They fired him after uh, after a win in the playoffs. That's like, right. After a playoff win. That's right. No. So yeah, no, no, it, I, I still, I thought the play calling was was just abysmal, just abysmal. It but, was it was crazy. Uh, Cooper Cup had uh, you know huge night, of course, two touchdowns, ninety two yards receiving, and uh, I mean he, he got every accolade. Like the only other receiver to get all of the different things that he has gotten apparently in their career was Jerry Rice, and Cooper Cup did all of them this season, like Super Bowl MVP. Offensive MVP, um, he got uh, what was it the uh, the triple crown for receiving and what I mean it's just uh, absolutely okay. absurd. Uh, right, all right, we need to, we need to stop with this language of the triple crown. Right, we just have to stop with it. You're comparing it to something in baseball, and baseball and, ba- and football are so different you can't even compare. The reason the triple crown was born in baseball is because there are power hitters and there are guys who get for average. Okay, they're not the same. Power hitters never hit for average. So, if you ever win the Triple Crown in baseball, you're an absolute god. But yes. you're telling me that it is a it is a crazy reaction that the guy that led the league in receptions and yards, which is usually those two stats go in and in all the time, also led the league in touchdowns? Like, come on, man. <laughs> those two things, those three things are all correlated together. Hitting for power and hitting for average aren't correlated at all in baseball. That's why it's a big deal if you do it. Yes. Yes. Oh, you, yeah. You're not you wrong about that. You also have to either get runs scored or uh, 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 lead the league in RBIs, which means you're depending on your teammates to get on base. So, all those things, we got to stop with that language. The triple crown. He was a great receiver. He's the best receiver of the year. He's one of the best receivers this year that we've ever seen. That should be enough. Let's not create language that says something that is not really saying. Agreed. Agreed. I can roll with that. Uh, regardless, he's had a monster year. Uh, ended Monst- with a Super Bowl MVP. I, I don't. I know that he's fantastic. I get that. I know that he's the most talented receiver in the league, etc. It just blows my mind that you know that that's the guy, and you can't cover him. And it, I don't know that anybody in the league can actually cover him. He does it just time and time again. So eight eight receptions for ninety two yards and two touchdowns. He was awesome, absolutely awesome. On the other side, uh, Matt Stafford, still kind of the same Matt Stafford. All of this talk about 
Ah, uh, Matt Stafford is now a Hall of Famer, etc. I think I kind of side with Richard Sherman. Like, I might need to see some more because I don't think that Stafford was what won them the Super Bowl. I think him combined with everything else that they had won the Super Bowl. And yes, there's been a lot of quarterbacks like that. But is Matt Stafford a, a Hall of Fame quarterback to you? No, no. And the reason why is because he didn't earn that ring. I know he won the ring. He didn't earn that ring. He had to leave. A, I understand that he was playing in a wasteland in Detroit. He had to leave there and go to a super team. All right, that team is made up of of Ramsey. Sorry, of of Al. Uh, wow. Oh my God, my brain just went dead. I'm just naming all these other guys. Cooper Cup, who is a homegrown guy, and um, Aaron Donald, who is a homegrown guy, and everybody else has been there for five minutes, and they're all mercenaries. Okay. All right. That. That's what that team's made of. He went and joined the super team and won a championship. So does that mean he, he gets to go to the Super Bowl because uh, to the Hall of Fame because of that? No, I, I do not think so at all. Um, I, you know, I, I got into the argument with somebody before the game about, uh, you know, they were saying, hey, I, you know, I don't, I don't care anything about either of these teams. I said, well, so who are you pulling for? They're like, well, I'm pulling for the Rams. Because Stafford has paid his dues, and Joe will get back. Like Joe will get his later, kind of thing. And I said, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" Paid his dues. I've heard too many people on TV last week talk about he paid his dues. You know what? This is football. This is competition. This ain't rich boy country club. You pay your dues, you get in. Okay, you got to earn your way in through greatness. Well, his earning his way in was going to a super team because tonight, uh, Sunday night. In that game, let me tell you, that first half, nope. Look at his receptions. Look at his completions. They were all to guys who were wide-ass open, four or five yards. And as soon as Odell goes out, they stop playing that bullshit zone they were playing that wasn't covering anybody, and they go to man. And his completions went to the floor. He couldn't do anything. He couldn't throw a guy open. He couldn't hit anybody who was open but slightly covered. He ended up with two interceptions, probably should have been three. Like, I, I just think he's not the reason, and he's also the reason you almost lost that game, by the way. If you don't get the help from the strikes, Aaron Donald doesn't get his ring. Cooper yes. Cup doesn't get his ring. Sean McVay doesn't get his ring because the trigger man you got ain't that great. Let's uh, let's talk about Aaron Donald right quick. There was news, obviously, before the Super Bowl. Rodney Harrison came out and said – you know, he had kind of heard some things that people had been mentioning to him that Aaron Donald might just hang it up if he wins the ring. Like, that's what he has wanted. He's played for, what, eight seasons now? Or he's been uh, he's been an all-pro or pro bowler eight times, all-pro seven times, whatever it was. Whatever the numbers are, he's just been a monster. Uh, three-time yep. defensive MVP. Like, he's he's been unbelievable. And he proved to be again last night. What I'm curious about is... Are any of these rumors substantiated through uh, actually Aaron Donald? I mean, they asked him about it last night. He was like, I'm going to take some time to think about it. So it kind of felt like it, but why? He's only 30 years old. Why would he retire at this point? Like, this is a Megatron I mean, kind Pat- of thing, but Megatron was for the Lions. Well, like, you know. Well, no, I mean, Patrick Willis hung it up early, and, and you know, now he's coming up for Hall of Fame, and there's a lot of old Miss fans. And a lot of 49er fans that are saying, hey, is he going to make the Hall of Fame? And, like, I think he's got a borderline career because he he played such a short – now, I think 
Donald has played long enough and played at a level to yes. where I, I think if he hangs it up, he still gets the gold jacket. I do think he was that good that long. Um, and, and, and he's got everything you need to, 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 to back that up. Um, I have no idea, man. I'm, I, you know, we're not journalists. We're talking heads. We don't have any inside information or scoop like that anybody else has got. So I, I, I don't know. Should he hang up? Man, do whatever makes you happy. That's what I've always listen. But the only thing I, I believe is if you're going to get out, you get out. And if you're going to be in, you got to be all in. I just don't think you can half ass this stuff. I don't. Yeah, you, you either retire and don't play again and don't even toy with the idea of playing again, or you come back and you keep playing for that contract. Like, yeah. <laughs> but because, at this point, because he's good, you know, he's good enough to where he can he can do anything he wants, man. He okay. really can. He's, he's really that good. He is unfreaking real. Uh, had so the the Rams had seven sacks last night. Uh, cost the yep. Bengals forty three yards. Uh, looking at the total yardage between the two teams, you know, at both both teams, 13 drives, had 313 yards for the Rams, 305 for the Bengals. Uh, the Rams ran five more plays, 66 to 61. It was uh, at that offensive line. Uh, whenever whenever the Bengals dropped back to pass, there was yeah. just nothing. There was nothing they could do. <laughs> it was so nope. unbelievable. And the fact that this game was even close. Uh, goes to show you exactly how sloppy the Rams played and have been playing this entire postseason. Uh, but this was, I mean, it was an entertaining game, right? This is what we wanted out of a Super Bowl. You got two four seeds coming in that, uh, you know, some people expected the Rams to be there, but nobody expected the Bengals to be there. And it was fascinating. Uh, do you have any other notes on it that uh, that you wanted to drop out? Um, I, I, I All I know is, Cincinnati should be proud. They really should be proud. Uh, everybody gets home. They should be celebrated. Uh, Eli Apple, get on the first boat smoking out of that fucking town. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I don't think there's a single wide receiver in the league that actually likes him. Like, Well, wide receivers shouldn't like him. There's probably not a single wide receiver that likes Jalen Ramsey. That guy's a prick. But true. He, like, he's at least got talent. How Eli keeps getting work is beyond me. I mean, that guy's bounced around to more teams than I've ever seen, and he's been trash at all of them, but somebody keeps picking him up. I, and I don't know. Absurd. I don't understand why. It, this it, is it that is Ohio definitely... State effect that is killing people oh, right it's, now. It's just Oh, nuts. you went to the U? Yeah. Or to the Ohio State? <laughs> Sorry. Both of you like the, 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 the word the, which is weird, for <laughs> academic institutions, but Okay. Let's uh, hey, let's move off the game. Let's talk right quick about the halftime show. Uh, I'm I'm curious your thoughts here. Uh, so so open up with Dre and Snoop exactly like you said. I mean you were 100 percent right. Um, start off with the Snoop song. You know you got your la di da di da, and then you've got uh, California Love, and then they bring uh, out 50 Cent. Yeah, la di da di da, the the greatest lick in 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 music history. Oh yes, I I think so. hey, hey so the beat. The greatest lick, the greatest beat in music history. Oh yes, yes. It, it's the next episode. It's on a, a it's a Snoop song, but yeah. all of these songs were produced by Dr. Dre, and right. this it, them bringing out Fifty Cent was shocking to me. Like I could not, and of course, I mean, in the club, 
Well, that's the one guy that wasn't announced, right? Like right. everybody else yeah. was on the card. Like, yeah, everybody else was on the card. Kendrick, we all knew Mary, we all knew, knew Eminem. We knew all knew everybody else. We didn't know Eminem. Eminem wasn't reported. Eminem wasn't leaked. No, no, 50 Cent. 50 Cent wasn't 50 the one. Cent. I'm was so leaked. sorry. Yeah. That's right. And so I couldn't believe when he popped down there and was like hanging upside down and whatnot. <laughs> like, if if I had been him, I'd have been like, you know what? Maybe don't hang me upside down. Like, he looked so much better when he was standing I, up. <laughs> I didn't understand that. Like, I thought, all right, like, somebody thought this was going to be a good idea. I don't know who, but that, like, visually didn't look good. Everything else about it was, the show was unbelievable. He instantly, instantly goes up to Michael and Prince. Level it's, like there's a I don't know who who the fourth one I'd put on Mount Rushmore yet, but but those three are now on Mount Rushmore that instantly is on there. Yeah, I do I do think that it was this was probably a top five for me as far as halftime shows. Uh, I know a lot of people that that we are friends with we're not huge fans of it, but I, I think really? some of those are like older older people. Uh, so our buddy Zach. Uh, from Shinedown. He yeah. posted last night and said, look, I don't care if you like these guys or not, but you put this lineup together and it sells out every stadium in America. Like, you you put this bunch yeah, on a I tour. Didn't see, I didn't see anybody that didn't like it, but I also... I'm friends with a bunch of old people, man. <laughs> like, way older oh, than me. <laughs> but, but, okay, I'm friends with a bunch of old people, but they're not on social media. And if they are, they're on Facebook. And most of them, to be honest, aren't watching the Super Bowl and they damn sure just didn't watch the halftime show. Like 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 they're you know, they're oh yeah I'm protesting whatever. Like that's 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 the old people that I know. Well that's see I didn't have anybody that was like complaining about any protesting or anything like that. It's just people that, that don't like this type of music. It's the people that preferred to have Bruce Springsteen or Tom Petty or like the Who, right? And those okay. those halftime and shows were like, I love listen, yeah. I loved all those halftime shows. I thought they were all spectacular. I'm a huge fan of all of them. This was overall from start to finish. There wasn't a song I didn't know every word, yes. every word to. And that's weird because I'm almost 40. And I don't listen to hip-hop at all anymore. Like, I hate it all. Kendrick literally is the only hip-hop artist that I knew who they are. And that's like, I watched it with a 20-year-old. And he was like, the only guy I care about watching is Kendrick Lamar. And I was like, that's because you're 20, you dumb son of a and I put him in a corner real fast, and then I was like, you're going to listen. You're not going to the bathroom. You're not getting out of that chair. You're going to watch that screen. I'm turning it up loud. You're going to listen to these guys. Yes, because amazing. Kendrick wouldn't be Kendrick wouldn't be here without if it wasn't guys. for these guys. But, <laughs> but like, like new hip-hop, like, I'm, I'm just, I'm out. I got no interest in it at all. But 90s hip-hop? Oh, my God. Come yes. on, man. I'm, I'm all over it, man. So, so California Love, you got In the Club, you got Family Affair and No More Drama by Mary J. Blige. You got Mad City by Kendrick. You got uh, uh, All Right by Kendrick. And then Eminem comes out, and I was shocked that he did Lose Yourself. Like, absolutely shocked. Because I just, that, that song was so big, and it was such a huge thing. But it was, it was, it's gotten to a point where it's kind of corny. Like, everybody talks about the mom spaghetti stuff. I, I kind of thought he'd go, you know, somewhere else. Like, they, Obviously, they came uh, out and... They know. played the hit, man. This is what they did. Nobody came out and played the new stuff or the friend stuff. They came out and they played the hit. And if you were born in the 80s at all, or late 70s, 
you knew every word to yeah. every one of those songs, all of them, the whole list. <laughs> you uh, do you agree that this would this lineup would sell out every stadium in America? Well, yeah, I actually oh, think yeah. I actually think you could knife two of these random people and sell out every stadium in America as long as you got Snoop and Dre. You could take the other three or four, and you could just spin a wheel and just axe two of them, and you're still selling out every arena in the country. I think you still need world. Eminem. Like, uh, maybe, maybe, but I still think you're selling it out. Like, you're just—it's going to be one of the greatest shows you've ever seen. Yeah. Last night, what was it like? Twelve minutes long, like the whole thing. Yeah. And, and it's—it's it's one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. <laughs> So I, I loved it. it. I, enjoyed I loved it. A lot. it. Mary J. Blige laid out when she was done, and I just wanted to lay out. One of the, I will tell you this: one of the guys I was with looked at me, and was like, "You know, he's singing California Love," and I was like, "Yeah." And uh, and I was like, you know, I, I said, you know, I saw, you know, putting like the whole, you know, they should hologram me and Tupac. Tupac, yeah. And one of the dudes with me, <laughs> one of the dudes with me was like. What if Tupac showed up and was like, "I've been alive the whole time." I was like, "I was like, oh man, I was, there's there's nothing. I, I might have died. I really might have like twelve year old schoolgirl just freaked out. Elvis Presley in the building died. It's it would have broke every. It would have broke the internet. It would have broke every every line of communication we got. <laughs> like everybody would have been on it. it. It was just ridiculous. So and yeah, I thought it was fantastic. I don't like the, is it better than Prince? Is it better than, like, my my lifetime, I thought Michael Jackson, but, but that was when I first really, like, super fell in love with football and the Super Bowl meant the most to me, and I loved Michael Jackson. Like, I worshiped the man. And, and so that performance is always, like, my best. I don't. I can't tell you that Prince is better than it. I mean, it happened like twenty years later, or fifteen years later, or whatever. And this happened like fifteen years later than that. So, I'll tell you this: I think it's those three, and I think the gap between number four that gets on Rushmore is pretty sizable. Those three, I feel some. I feel safe carving them in stone and saying nobody's beating them. Nobody's stopping them. Yeah, yeah, I can. I can go with that. I can totally agree with it. Let me. Uh, let me do the rundown right quick. Uh, all of our podcast reads that we do every episode. We got the website, winningcureseverything.com. You can find everything you need to know about us over there, where to follow, subscribe, etc. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. If you don't have time to actually watch the show, that's perfectly fine because we got the audio version. You can get it anywhere that you get podcasts. So go ahead over to Spotify, leave us a nice five-star review, or Apple Podcasts, or Google, or whatever, just whatever your podcast app is. We're on there. Search out Winning Cures Everything. Very easy to do. Or just go over to the website. Uh, also, YouTube. We already mentioned it at the beginning of the show. We hit a million views lifetime on there. We continue to do that thing. Go ahead and hit subscribe for us. Uh, I think we're up to 55, 64 subscribers. So that's good. Our next goal is 7,500. So we got another 2,000 to go roundabout. A little less than that. So go ahead and help us out. Share the show out. If you're watching right now, go ahead and like the video for us. And make sure that you're subscribed. You hit the notification bell. It's going to let you know when we go live on there. The show brought to you by BetUS. It is where the game begins. It's America's premier online sports book. You can type it into your browser, BetUS.com, or there is a link in the description. Go check that out. And while you're at it, go ahead and check out BetUS TV. I am a host over on BetUS TV, going through a lot of how-to videos, etc. So go ahead and check it out, BetUSTV.com. Chris, let's jump into college football for a little bit. 
Uh, on hang on, Friday. hang on, hang on. Oh, hang go on. Ahead. Also, add to the ethos here, okay? Okay. Listen, we got a million views, guys. We got a million views. We're something. We're not just some rum dumb, all right? Listen, <laughs> hey, if you're a sponsor, give your boys a shout. Yes, yes. Help us out a little bit. We don't ask anything from our from our listeners and viewers that if they if they if they hear something we talk about to go to it. But but come on now, tell these folks yes. they're good people. Hit us up for sure. Uh, I will go ahead and tell you we had uh, from August first until the Super Bowl we had two hundred ninety five thousand unique viewers, and that is a huge huge number, and that is specifically on YouTube. I mean, we hit that almost. Can't be worth some dope. It's it's got to be worth something. Two almost three hundred thousand people in football season. That's pretty awesome. I don't, I don't know what it's worth, but it's got to be worth something. It's got to be worth something. So sponsors for sure, hit us up. Let us know. <laughs> Let us know. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Fifty. Then. Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. All right, let's dive into college football. Uh, On Friday afternoon, Auburn University announced that they are going to retain Brian Harson, which is a strange thing to come out and say. They are not making a change. Brian Harson is the coach. And then, of course, he comes out for college game day, and apparently now he's getting everybody to call him Coach Brian, which is uh, strange in and of itself. But he was out there for the basketball game for Auburn against Texas A&M, and he was having himself a time. He put out his own statement. The university put out their statement Harson was talking about all the people that he knows who he is and uh, what they put my family, not not they, but what my family has gone through uh, was just putrid and awful. And, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to win as the coach here. Uh, let me ask you this. Is this going to work? Like, I understand not firing him right now because of buyouts and whatever else. Uh, I noticed that Auburn did not put out any kind of a statement from the AD there was nothing from Alan Green at all. It, this was all uh, way up, you know, president level and the coach. Uh, did you find this a little strange, like uh, the way that it all went down? Well, I mean, is there a normal way for it to happen after everything that had happened? Let me ask that question. No. no, no, no nothing okay. about this is normal. I thought, I thought this was about as normal. As you could get, I thought this was about as professional, considering the situation, as you could get a way of handling it. They got everybody on the same page. Everybody's going in the same direction. We're all in-house. We're all in this thing together, and we're going forward. What else could you ask for, Derek? What else could you ask for? I I agree with you. I don't know that there was a better way to handle it, right? So, so I I think think they're okay in this. 
Um, I told you we looked at the schedules and we looked at the talent on Auburn's team right now. I I think Auburn. If I had to buy stock in Auburn this year, I would buy it. If I had to buy it the year after, I think I'd probably sell it. And and therein lies the problem of is do you think do you think you have a coach in an organization going in the right direction, or do you think they're going to live off of the pieces that they have in house right now? Well, I will. I will tell you this. And I don't, I don't think have they're the going to compete yet. for the West. Hang on, I'm, I'm not saying they're going to compete for the West, but there are people that think this team is going to completely implode. They're going to be a four and eighteen next year. Like that's just not happening. I just don't see that. I think it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine, and then it's the year after that I worry about. Yeah, yeah, I, I could, I could totally see that. Uh, I mean. What what I'm curious about, like they still don't have an offensive coordinator, and we're only a few weeks away from uh, from spring practice starting. I mean they they have got to get something figured out pretty soon, and it wasn't Brian Harson. I will tell you this: I was a little confused when Brian Harson was in. Uh, you know he he was gone for vacation and whatnot, and I understand that everybody needs time away, et cetera. But he he doesn't have an offensive coordinator now. At some point. I'm not expecting him because I would I would still go on vacation. I'd be like, you know what, I'm gonna figure this out when I get back. Because I, if I'm not mistaken, Brian Harson is is calling the plays, so whoever he hires as his OC is just gonna help scheme up the game plans, right? And probably be the quarterbacks coach because they don't have one of those now. They're gonna have to figure some stuff out for sure. They still got pieces that they got to round into shape, and and at least they've got the coach to do that as opposed to going through a coaching search in the middle of February. So that is certainly a step in the right direction. I just I wonder what this does to the booster faction at Auburn with the board of trustees and whatnot. The guys that uh, supposedly, reportedly, are the ones that that kind of stirred up all these rumors and were trying to get them out. Right? What what does this do? Do you really have everybody on board heading in the same direction, or are we going to have to go through this at the end of the season again? That's that's what I'm. Getting well, not that concerned all depends about. on how the season goes, Gary. Like. Yeah, I like mean, if they go six and six and lose the bowl game, let's say that happens, right? Let's say they go with a six win season. Okay? And, and, and then everybody always gets fired up. You can't go back and say, well, see, they weren't ever on the same page to begin with. Like, they didn't get all this stuff announced. No. The outcome, the results of the season dictated how they reacted afterwards. If they win eight, nine games, I think the outcome's going to be fine. I think those boosters are going to be happy and they're going to shut up and they're going to get along. And I think they all, like, I just, we're trying to predict how people are acting now based on how they're going to react, you know, a year from now, you know, 10 months from now. <laughs> True. Yeah, it's, it's almost impossible to see. It's almost impossible to figure out. Uh, they do have eight home games next year. So that will certainly help things. They open up with Mercer and San Jose State. Then you got Penn State, Missouri, LSU all at home. You play at Georgia in the middle of October. You play at Ole Miss immediately after that. So you got a three-game stretch of LSU, Georgia, and Ole Miss. You got a week off, and then to close out, you got Arkansas at Mississippi State, A&M, Western Kentucky, and then at Alabama. Uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. There's there's a chance for them to. Uh, maybe reel off some wins, especially early. Uh, you get that win over Penn State, you're looking at probably 4-0 and uh, before you play against LSU, and then we'll see where it goes from there. 
But, you know, who knows what Penn State's going to look like, et cetera. It, it, there's, we'll dive into all of that I, once I, we get I there. Think, but. I think if they can start off 3-1, though, that puts them on a really, really good track. Yes, yes. 3-1 and one in the non-con, that'll put you in a in a good position. Because while they got hard games coming up, all those teams also have flaws. True. All those teams are making huge transaction, uh, transitions also. So This is true. This is true. Uh, the next topic that I wanted to touch on, Friday afternoon, Conference USA puts out their football schedule, and they were one of the last ones to do it, and we talked about this back in December. Like, why in the world would the Pac-12 put out their you know, their conference schedule right now when you're not going to get any attention for it, right? It was just ridiculous what what the Pac-12 did. But also, like, there's no set time for anybody to release any kind of schedules, et cetera. So Conference USA puts out their football schedule, and immediately you start getting tweets from Marshall, Southern Miss, and Old Dominion saying that they are leaving the conference, and they are going to be playing in the Sun Belt next year. And apparently, according to certain reports, there are different clauses in these contracts to where they don't have to pay a buyout to leave Conference USA, which is absolutely insane. So, of course, Middle Tennessee not jumping over to the MAC, uh, along with Western Kentucky, like they were, you remember us talking about this, about why not stick around and collect your buyout, and then you can yeah. go to the MAC. Uh, if they don't get a buyout, what what was the purpose of them sticking around? So who well, knows? Nothing. <laughs> I would like. I'm very curious how how these contracts are drawn up to where these 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 teams can leave without paying the buyout. Like, I, that's that's wild to me. And if that language is in there, whoever drew that language up needs to be held accountable. Well, they, I will, if I will tell you this: they're employed currently, they need to not be employed. There are there are four words that you and I say regularly that will work for this instance. There will be lawyers. There certainly will be lawyers. So yeah, bill, billable hours are going to start oh, yes. hanging up. Who but we need to win the long damn business? We should just win the damn attorney. Uh, you, you're probably right. You're probably right. I'm too I, old I to go to law school. I, I can't didn't, read. I didn't want to go to law school. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I couldn't handle the reading. Um. So so the Sun Belt. Uh, it's reported that the divisions have kind of been set for 2022. And let let me go on and read these off to you in the West. You've got Louisiana, who just lost Billy Napier, but then you've got Arkansas State, Louisiana Monroe, South Alabama, Texas State, Southern Miss, and Troy. Louisiana, it looks like Louisiana decided who they wanted to be in their division. Because, I was just about to say, that seems like Louisiana handpicked the division. Right. Uh, this, the, is, this is an Alabama situation all over again. Oh, yes. In the East, you have App State, Coastal Carolina, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, Marshall, Old Dominion, and James Madison. All in the East Division. Now, Bill Conley, who does the SP Plus numbers for ESPN, he was talking to Stephen Godfrey online, and Godfrey, of course, was talking about, uh, this looks like Clay Hilton is playing in a tougher division than he was when he was at USC. And he's not necessarily wrong, because Bill Conley ran his preseason numbers. He said, yeah, actually, the East Division of the Sun Belt with those teams is actually the toughest division. It is the strongest division in G5, and the West division is actually the worst division. Absolutely unreal what they're how, doing. How do they, how do they, how do they, like, how do they explain this? It's all based on location. 
It's a hundred percent. If you're location. closer to the West, you, you're you're going to the West. Yeah, I mean, think about it. You got uh, Arkansas State, Louisiana, Louisiana Monroe, South Alabama, Texas State, Southern Miss, and Troy, all on one side so, and in the East. So what this tells you know, me is, let's be very cautious before you start hiring the next Louisiana coach. Uh, basically, yeah. He rolls off. He rolls off ten wins a season, three, four years in a row. If you're some big boy G five school, uh, P five school. Let's be real careful before we just start throwing a lot of money at that guy to be your next head coach. Yes. Now, now I will say this: these things are cyclical, right? Like it, the East won't yeah, be the but, strongest but division forever. Those, but some of those are not. Some of those are not. James Madison has been a monster in 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 the FCS divisions for a long time. Uh, uh, you know, Marshall, I, Old Dominion, Marshall like they're both only come up. Been really good. Yeah. Uh, for a long time. App State's been really good for a long time. Postal has only been this level good since um, uh, our boy Jamie Chadwell got there. But, like, like it doesn't seem like he's leaving anytime soon right now. So, True. so you know, it's just one of those things where, like, how cyclical is it, you know? True, true. It, it seems Some like of these all have of the, a historic the, all the teams of, of being really good. Yeah, all the teams that, that fully invest in football are on the east side and the ones that don't really fully invest are on the West. And that, that could be a problem. And I could see them. You remember they did this with the Legends and the Leaders stuff for, uh, for yep. the Big Ten? And then they kind of redrew yep. it up. Uh, Going to guess that they will probably look at this again. But we'll, we'll see about that. This, I mean, that's a, that's a hell of a division in the East. <laughs> I got to tell you. I mean, that, that's, that's rough. That is rough stuff. Uh, the next thing that I wanted to bring up. Uh, all this Super Bowl, you know, preview, whatever stuff. They were doing all kind of interviews. And your boy, Coach O, appeared on Dan Patrick. Now, did you hear the story about Adrian Peterson's recruitment? I did. I did. I would love to know your – for anybody that did not hear it, basically, and we'll keep it really, really short because you can go listen to it if you want to. Uh, but Ed Orgeron was recruiting Adrian Peterson. They asked, is there anybody that, you know, that broke your heart, that you really, really, really wanted, thought you might have a chance to get that you didn't get? And he said, Adrian Peterson. And the reason he went to Oklahoma is because his dad was incarcerated at the time, and he wanted his dad to be able to watch him on TV. And you could get the Oklahoma games where he was in prison. And Ed Orgeron said that he tried to get Adrian Peterson's dad transferred <laughs> to a facility in L.A. so that he could watch USC games, which it perfectly exemplifies what recruiting is, right? And this was when Ed Dorgeron was actually coaching under Pete Carroll. Uh, I, I would love to know your thoughts on this because I, I, I want more Coach O stories. Uh, I think we're going to get more Coach O stories the longer he's out. He looks happy uh, I think right this now. Is what he's going to do, he does. <laughs> I'm telling you, he, nobody enjoys being – who they are more than Coach O. And, 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 and I think he can profit from being Coach O. Um, and he should, by the way. Yes. Uh, I thought it was incredible. I thought, you know, this is – hang on. Here's what I appreciate, not just about Coach O, but about these guys that do this stuff. I'm all about creative problem solving. You, you see too many people out here in the world. They, uh, this is why I disagree with so, the way so many things are done. Is because the majority of people think the way it's always been done is the way it has to be done. It's where you and I butt heads all the time. Yeah. And I like creative problem solving. I like to not just get outside the box. 
I want to set the box on fire, okay? I want to rebuild a completely new thing that doesn't even resemble a box and see can we solve the problem that way. And this is what Coach O was doing. If he had a problem, and there's a couple of ways to solve it. He could figure out a way to, to, to you know, to get the booster money in to the prison to where they can, you know, play USC games too. But apparently the people that ran the prisons are all big OU fans, so they're not doing that. They wouldn't even let him in the facility to meet with or talk to the warden, which he tried to do. But that, that's crazy to me, but that's awesome. That's unbelievable. And then he said, you know what? If I can't do that, I will start talking to attorneys, and we will see if we can get him transferred and get him moved out there. <laughs> this is problem solving. This is the thing that's holding up the thing that I need. Then that's what I got to move. And you start moving pieces and moving blocks, and this is how you solve problems. You solve enough problems, you, you, you get to go home every day. You, 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 you get victory. You, you do what you've got to do. This is, this is what I appreciate about Coach O, was is he the smartest guy in the world? No. Is he the best X's and O's guy? No. But he is a problem solver of sorts. It's all on the recruiting side, but he knows how to do that. And he, he feels comfortable doing that. He's not ashamed or, or, or nervous about having those awkward or hard conversations. Well, there was the I story that went around uh, about Joe Burrow, about him trying to recruit Joe Burrow and him completely alphaing Joe Burrow's brother, right? Like where he yeah. said, like, you know he belongs down here. Like, don't give me that bullshit. Get him down here. Like, this is ridiculous. That's right. <laughs> I absolutely no, love it. Hey, I just, oh. I think, I think people need to be more like this. By the way, in your life, if you see that you keep running into the same issues over and over again, stop, step back, ask for help, stop looking at the problem the same way you've always looked at it, because yes. that's not how it's going to work out. It never plays out that way ever. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I got, a, I got three other topics that I want to hit, and we'll try and get this in under an hour. Because uh, we're sitting on 47 minutes right now. Notre Dame is looking to hire their defensive coordinator, and it looks like all signs are pointing to the Cincinnati Bengals linebacker coach, Al Golden. When is the last time you really heard the name Al Golden? Oh, geez. I have no idea. <laughs> so he was in Detroit for, for several years after. So he, he was the head coach at Temple. And then he went down yep. to Miami, and of course everybody knew him as the guy that uh, uh, wore the suit or wore the, uh, the the button down and a tie on the sideline, right? And he was involved in everything when uh, Nevin Shapiro came out of the woodworks with all these different stories. He was the coach at Miami from 2011 through 2015, but he has been in the NFL since then. So he was with the Lions from 2016 through 2019. And then he's been the Bengals linebackers coach since then, 2020 and 2021. I'm I'm curious about this because this seems like it could be a great landing spot. One, for, for Marcus Freeman to have somebody that was a former head coach. But two, uh, a guy that now has NFL experience and may want to come back and, and show, yo, I was a good head coach. I was a good college coach. I I think this is a good spot for them. Like, Marcus, I did not even think about Al Golden as a possibility for a defense coordinator job. Like, I, Oh, well, no. Nobody, nobody in the world did. So I, I think it could know, work, though. This, this could be good. Yeah, I, yeah I, I'm curious how, 
how you know how close this deal is to actually happening, or is this just a name being floated out there because it's slow? It's the day after the Super Bowl. Um, college football is trying to trying to make some news, uh, but but you know it's a it's an interesting name. It's an interesting way to go about it. I thought he got a raw deal at Miami, but that's also because I thought when he was there, that place was a cesspool. It was. It was. He he's the one that started the Temple run, right? You had him, yeah. then you had Matt Rule, and then you had Rule Jeff Collins, yeah. and then, of course, everything kind of went to hell after that. But uh, but that was who started this thing. Like, he he started the thing going at Temple, and, uh, you know, it, what happened at Miami was a disaster, yes, but I don't, I mean, nobody was successful at Miami. Like, they did not invest in their program. And, no. you know, he, he thought he could get it turned around, but it is what it is. Nevin, I think Shapiro, got out of, Nevin Shapiro got out of prison and went, and went haywall on the program again. Yeah. Yeah, sure did. Sure did. Uh, the next topic that I wanted to hit, Grambling. Now, obviously, uh, HBCU, like they have a fantastic traditional program. They appear ready to announce Art Bryles as their next offensive coordinator. Now, obviously, everything's going a little crazy in... Uh, in the swack right now with Deion Sanders being the head coach at Jackson State, right? And then you had Tennessee State hire, uh, uh, God, what's the guy's name? Eddie Eddie George, right? The former Titan running back, former yeah, yeah. Ohio State running back. Um, so you're, you're getting like these big names. If I ask you right now, who is the head coach for Grambling? Could you tell me who it was? Oh, no. no. That would be one Hugh Jackson. Know. The former Bengals coach. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> we it happened no, in December, former, and and we he was all the just, former Browns coach. Yeah. He, he was an assistant at the Bengals. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Bengals uh, assistant coach or uh, offensive coordinator, and then was the Browns yeah. head coach. Um, and was awful. Like zero and sixteen. Like he just and was awful. Yeah. The worst coach in NFL history. Yes, yes, really, really bad. And now well, he's. Mm, uh, him and, him and Freddie Kitchen's got a got a little one A one B going on right there. Yeah, Freddie, yeah. Freddie they both only got one year, and they, right? And well, that's all he needed. Okay, <laughs> he didn't deserve that. You're probably right. You're probably right. That would be evidence number one of white coaches getting too many chances. By the way, if I was going to lawsuit anything, it'd be like, you see this son of a bitch right here? He got a whole sixteen games. Well, and and the eight games before that, right? No, no, no. He wasn't even the uh, he wasn't no, even the he interim. Was the OC. Yeah, that's right. No, he was he was the OC. Whew, just ridiculous. So, uh, so yeah, Hugh Jackson is looking into hiring Art Bryles. Now, if you've listened to the show for long enough, you understand our view on the Art Bryles situation with Baylor. Uh, he he got fired in 2015. He has he was announced as the OC for I believe a CFL franchise. And then that never actually got to coach a game because there was such a public black uh, backlash about it. Um, and then after that, you had him as the uh, head coach for a high school. I think it was Mount Vernon or Mount uh, something in Texas. And he abruptly resigned from that. I believe he thought he was going to get another job. Ended up not. This could be good for him. And it could be really, really good for Grambling. Right? Do we think that yep. he can still have a big effect on uh, on a football program? Oh, yes. Oh yes, there are very few offensive minds in football as good as this man. I, I I've I've been a defender of his for a long time. I was at a school that was struggling to 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 do well. This is a guy that I would call to be my OC 
um, and, 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 and kind of see if we could get on a path of redemption for him um, and, and, and just build something else up. I, I think he's a hell of a football coach. I think he's a hell of an offensive mind. I think if you buy into his system, you're going to put points on the board. You're just going to do it. I, I tend to agree. I, I've this... seen him turn too many tomato cans into great quarterbacks. True. Okay? True. And then they turn back into tomato cans as soon as he leaves. Yeah, as soon as they I, this, leave him. This could make Hugh Jackson look like a really, really smart man. I will, t- yep. I will tell you that. Yep. Best, this, this is the best decision Hugh's made in a long, long time. Now, you have certainly got that right. And then finally, the last one that I want to hit on, uh, pro football talk came out and said, uh, it's it's being reported, or he's hearing in different circles, that the NFL could force Stephen Ross to sell the Dolphins for offering $100,000 per loss to Brian Flores. Now, I'm curious about this because I think that you would have to have proof, etc. But the NFL has also proven that they can do whatever they want to, whenever they want to. But I would imagine, again, Ooh, there will the be owners. lawyers. Not with the owners, they, not with the owners they can't. Um, I, I, I would. I, I think this is a gross exaggeration of what 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 could happen and what will happen. Um, you know, I guess they use the word "could," so they they get to buy themselves a whole lot of grace and a whole lot of uh, uh, possible forgiveness there. Um, because we didn't say it would happen; we said it could, and anything could fucking happen. But th- that's just not that's just not how this thing goes. Okay, um, and everyone points to the Jerry Richardson situation. In uh, Carolina, Jay Richardson was barely the majority owner, barely the majority owner, 51%, and that was it. And he was ready to get out, and he didn't want to go through the fight of the sexual harassment scandal. And so he left on his own. The NFL never forced him whatsoever. Look at the shit show going on in Washington right now. And all of – I mean, we got Congress getting involved in Washington and Dan Snyder is nowhere close to being thrown out. Okay, so if you think they're going to throw this guy out for this, even if they got an email from his email address straight to Brian Flores saying hundred thousand dollars, that's not throwing game. That's I need. We need to lose. Tanking is part of sports, and everybody knows it. Okay. Agreed. Now, Agreed. if you're throwing point spread, that's different. Nobody's gotten caught doing that. Nobody's close to getting caught doing that. Okay, but tanking is a part of professional athletics. It has been for a long, long time, and trying to enforce that is just a futile, futile problem. Other owners who have tanked in the past, somebody—if that's the case—somebody better get on the phone with the the commissioners, BFF, in there in Philadelphia, and say, "Tell me about Week 16 last year when you." knowingly pulled the better quarterback for a worse quarterback so you could lose, so you could get the better draft pick. Somebody somebody <laughs> better tell me about that. And that guy better be important. So you got other owners that are going to stand up and say, we ain't making him sell. We're not voting. We're not pulling that trigger. Oh, yeah. The, the tweet from Pro Football Talk uh, said, there's a belief that the NFL will eventually conclude that Stephen Ross did indeed offer Flores $100,000 per loss in 2019. If that happens, Ross could be forced to sell the Dolphins. And then right after that, he said, there's a sense emerging that Ross will claim he was joking. It may be his only hope at this point. And there's there's a whole article about it over at PFT. That's not his... Hey, I assure you, that ain't his only hope. This is Pro Football Talk. I'm not a big Pro Football Talk fan. That totally I think makes they sense. do stuff like this. 
I think they do this shit all the time. There's some of the there's some great NFL journalism out there. I think Pro Football Talk is is one of the worst. I think Mike Florio is one of the worst out there. I think mean, these guys sensationalize things and they they push for things that they want. Listen, the biggest problem the NFL has right now is not tanking. It ain't close to tanking. The biggest problem they have is black coaches not getting a fair shake. And you got an owner that back to back has hired two black coaches, two minority coaches. So. Let's be real quick before – I know we fired one of them. But let's be real quick before we just put a bullet in that guy, okay? Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, you got Florio, a bunch of other owners that ain't hiring any of them. It, it's really crazy that, that Florio has turned into this, right? I know. I That's know. Just he used to be a legit newsman. And oh. now this guy is, is, is an extremist at every angle. He just – all he sells is sensationalism. Every time you turn around, that's what he's got to sell. And, and all of it's BS. That man hasn't put a legit story out in a long time. Now, you're probably not wrong about that. All so, right. I just uh, don't respect it. I don't believe it's going to happen. Don't even think it's going to come close to happen. We, we shall see. I'm curious about it. I, I agree with you. Uh, I don't think the other owners are going to let him do this. But we shall see. We shall see. I guess it all kind of depends on what everybody else thinks about Stephen Ross. Right, I don't think it's got anything to do with Goodell or anything like that. I think it's uh... no, it's yeah, it's got a, the other. Convince me that the other thirty-one owners want to do this because I assure you, many of them have tanked. And then what? What happens if if news of my tanking comes out? You think the Arizona Cardinals owner wants that news coming out? Because they tanked for Kyler. You think you know? Yep. We got a couple of teams that tanked over the past. You, you think these other owners want that information coming out? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. All right, brother. That's all that I've got for today. Is there anything else you want to hit on? No, sir. Thank you. I appreciate you, buddy. <laughs> of course, my friend. All right, let me let you go, and then I'll wrap this thing up. See you. All right, be good. All right, that was Chris. Of course, uh, you guys know what to do. WinningCuresEverything.com. Everything else uh, that you need to find. BetUS, etc. You can find it all. It's all in the description. But we certainly appreciate you guys. Like the video for us. Share it out. Tell your friends. And, uh, and we are going to wrap this thing up at the exact right time. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc